My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. I'm coming to you from the Hickson campus of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And we'd love to have you come and visit us. But if you're not in the area, please go to OurSundaySchool.com to see all of the resources we saw in class. Good morning, everybody. All right. I am glad you are here. I am glad you are rowdy. That is a good thing. Please don't throw things, but other than that, that's good. Uh, if you've got your Bibles, uh, head over to Jude, and we will, uh, Lord willing, finish up uh, Jude today in week seven. Some of you at the beginning of this series, when I mentioned it was going to be a seven-week series and a one-page letter, uh, I saw you roll your eyes. I forgive you. It's okay. Jesus knows it'll be all right. But uh, since I have, I I usually wait until the end of a lesson to explain the t-shirt, but I will go ahead and explain the t-shirt now since so many of you have already reached out and uh, made your wry, sarcastic comments. Um, So how many of you are aware what MoviePass is? You know what MoviePass is? Yes, yes, excellent. How many of you are aware what MoviePass is because you are friends with me on Facebook and I post about it? Yes, that's right. Okay. Uh, So MoviePass is the um, movie subscription service that I signed up for almost a year ago. Uh, And the idea was that you pay, uh, I got in it, I think it was $8 a month. Uh, And you get to see a movie a day uh, and you swipe your card and that's what it costs. And it was fantastic. And as uh, as, uh, prophesied by many a reasonable financial uh, analyst, they have... uh, (laughs) burned through cash like nobody's business. They're losing about $40 million a month. Uh, and if, if you, like that's a big number, right? And when you start to lose two commas a month, that's a, that is, that is tragic, like Greek tragedy level tragic stuff. Uh, and uh, I tried to use MoviePass twice in the last uh, 10 days. It did not work either time because they have run out of money. So my shirt today is a contrast shirt. So many times my t-shirt will be something that is in direct alignment with what we're teaching. Today is it is contrast because what we're looking at today is Jude 24 and 25, which if there is any statement in the Bible about the confident assurance and the security that we have about a future hope, it is Jude 24 and 25. So the best laid plans of MoviePass and Helios and Jim have gone awry, but the plans of uh, God the Father will not. So that is my contrast t-shirt today. So let's read the text, and then we'll jump in and look at verses 24 and 25. Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called, sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ, mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men, who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels who did not keep their proper domain but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. 
as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise also these dreamers defile the flesh, reject authority, and speak evil of dignitaries. Yet Michael the archangel, in contending with the devil when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not bring against him a reviling accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke you. But these speak evil of whatever they do not know, and whatever they know naturally, like brute beasts, in these things they corrupt themselves. Woe to them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, have run greedily in the error of Balaam for profit, and perished in the rebellion of Korah. These are spots in your love feasts. While they feast with you without fear, serving only themselves, they are clouds without water, carried about by the winds, late autumn trees without fruit, twice dead, pulled up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming up their own shame, wandering stars for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men also, saying, Behold, behold the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have committed in an ungodly way, and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lusts, and they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. But you, beloved, Remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lusts. These are sensual persons who cause divisions, not having the Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life, and on some have compassion making a distinction. But others say with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment deviled by the flesh. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. There are few things that end better than Jude, I tell you. It's just a crescendo of crescendos. And I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that this is my favorite piece of literature uh, of all the possible pieces of literature. So if you've got your handout, grab your handout. We'll get started on it. Uh, no staples today, right? Just a few words. I know, right? I know. I'm not mailing it in either. This is like, I'm really excited about this. So, uh, so Jude's letter closes with this prayer, this benediction, um, Reflecting on the power of God to keep his children through any and all opposition. And it's just a beautiful reminder that no matter the ungodly conflict in front of a believer, uh, God can and will overcome. So all these things that Jude's been telling us about, these certain men that crept in and all their schemes and all their wiles, that's all going to fail. 100% sure fire will fail. And, and there is a great comfort in that, knowing that anything, anyone that opposes our God uh, will fail. So uh, the seventh time that I'm going to ask you to fill in these blanks, what are the most repeated words in Jude? They are they and you. That's right. So we've got this comparison going on. They and you, they and you, they and you. And today 
uh, is really not about they or you. Today is about him. Uh, so we have, Jude has turned his gaze. So he started looking up at what God had done, and then he starts looking side to side, this group and that group and this group and that group, and now he has turned his gaze upward again uh, to see what the Father and the Son and the Spirit are going to do about all of this. So verse 24. Um, there we go. Now, to him who is able. Uh, and this word is uh, dunamai, very close to dunamis. Not, not dunamis, but very close to dunamis. Uh, and it's also a present participle, which is, means he is repeatedly is able. Uh, so this was not a... This was not a one-time only. Remember that day when God had power and he could do the things that he promised. I mean, think about that for just a second. Think about if our God only had power one day and that was it. That changes a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, That is not who my God is. Because my God repeatedly is able. This is uh, to be of power. That's your next blank. Repeatedly in the be of power. This is, has the might, has the ability. There is the, the, uh, the option to actually make this occur. So what, is, what does he have the power to do? He has the power to keep us from stumbling or from falling, some of your translations might have. So why would we need to be kept from stumbling and falling? Because we stumble and fall, right? Yes, left to our own devices, we would stumble and fall. Uh, away from God over and over. And he has the power to keep us in this space. Um, it, th- there's an animal in the Bible that we are compared to. What animal? Sheep. Yes, we're compared to sheep. If you've ever been around sheep, are sheep graceful, nimble creatures? No, they're, I mean, it really looks like something is genetically wrong with them. That, like, can you not just walk in a straight line and stay up on all four? I mean, it's, it's really shocking. Um, and as, you know, as we get older, right? That's the, <laughs> yay. Um, so who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless. This word for present uh, is used in a lot of different ways. The blank here that I've got is to covenant. It is this idea that there is, there is going to be a standing up and that there is a covenant promise behind. I will, I will promise to stand you up. Um, the, when I, when I think about this word, what I remember back to is my mom getting me ready for church when I was a little boy, and the commands over and over and over, stand up, stand up, stand up, right? Because I, I wanted to go do whatever else, you know, because if I don't stand up straight, then this is going to be bad. So to present you faultless, uh, without blame, or your blank is blemish there. Uh, and for those of you that have served in uh, any type of military, uh, you probably experienced something like this. Um, and I, I looked at probably 30 different pictures, and I love this one because we just happened to catch this guy on the end. I think he's blinking, but it looks like he's praying. And I, <laughs> and I know if I was standing in line and this guy's coming, and, he's, and I don't even, like, I, I have no, I'm sure there's an order. There's probably some... There you go. I, I have no idea what it would be. And I would just be sitting there going, please let me have looked this up on the Internet correctly. <laughs> right. Um, so so some of you may have the idea of blemish, uh, free from blemish, uh, blameless uh, to be this. 
Uh, I have a different uh, perspective on... Uh, now, somebody tell me what this vehicle is. What year? It's a 65 DB5. Anybody know who drove this one? It's kind of obvious, right? Yeah, James Bond 007, right? I mean, come on. It, this is, we're playing t-ball now, folks. I mean, this is pretty easy. Um, and, I mean, it is, it is just a flawlessly beautiful car, right? There, there's no blemish. There's no spot. There's no... Uh, I had one with uh, Daniel Craig leaning up against it, and I, I didn't want my wife to get distracted on my anniversary, so, so I, I decided, <laughs> decided not to use that one. Uh, yeah, don't let her stumble. Yes, that's good. That was it, right? I knew there was a joke in there somewhere. I could not see it, but you helped me with that. That was good. That was good. So, so here's what I want you to think about. Here's what I want you to think about. I want you to think about there is going to come a day when God himself keeps us from stumbling and presents us faultless before himself. So he is going to stand us up before his face and when he inspects, he will find no fault. That is just staggering to me. And you're like, Jim, you're taking this too far. Look at the text. Before the presence of his glory. Where is his glory? With him. I'm not taking this too far. There will be an inspection. He, we will be stood up before the presence of his glory. Now, in the Old Testament, when you were around the glory of God, what happened? It, like, he shone for 40 days. You're like, something is wrong with that. We shouldn't glow. <laughs> right? What else happens? There was something else that happened. When the, when the, priests and the Levites were singing on the day that the temple was dedicated. The glory of God invaded the temple in a cloud-like form. And you know what it did to them that were singing? It choked them out and they had to stop. They had to physically leave because it overpowered them. You cannot stay where the glory of God is. It's one of the concepts behind the Holy of Holies. You, you don't go there. That's a special place. And what do we get to do one day? We get to be stood up in front of a holy God, in front of his glory, and we will pass inspection because he has kept us blameless. So what role do I have in that? I get to stand and behold. <laughs> and I don't think that we're going to stand very long. <laughs> if, I, if I read my revelation correctly, there's a whole lot of kneeling and a whole lot of you are worthy and a whole lot of casting crowns and a whole lot of like not me you. And that is incredibly encouraging. This is just, this is not beautiful. It's just beautiful. But we're not done because there's more to that verse. Before the presence of his glory, what's the next three words? Okay, so let's talk about this word for a second. This exceeding joy is exaltation, which is probably not a word that you uh, use on a regular, it's not a word that I use on a regular basis. This is gladness, this exceeding joy. Did I leave the question in your notes? I did not leave the question in your notes, did I? In my copy of the notes, I have a question and it says, Whose joy? God's joy or our joy or both? 
And I have looked in no less than 20 different, uh, obnoxious is not the right word, uh, exceedingly intellectually oriented, I'll say obnoxious, uh, resources. And I can't find anybody who has a good grammar reason why it would go either way. Now, the, the context here is when. Is it right now or is it far off in the future? Look at the verse. What do you think? Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory. Are you being presented faultless before the presence of his glory right now? No. This is something in the future, right? So when we are in the future, at the at some point in the future, between some and some other that <laughs> at some point in the future, there will be a presentation. <laughs> Sorry. I always try and look at you when I do that because you get it every single time so quickly. So quickly, Shanda. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. That was my Jimmy the Young joke for those of you who didn't get it. So that's all right. Uh, it helps me remember what, what's going on and when. But there will be a, a large number of us being inspected, being presented, who will be found faultless. And this is beautiful. And it's not just a, I'm standing here and I'm trembling in fear. This is not, I have my, <laughs> this is not, I'm praying and hoping everything goes okay. What is the emotional mood of the moment? Exceeding joy. There is no terror here. There is no fear here. There is exceeding joy here. And I don't know about you, but I don't like any type of inspection. There's always just a little bit of nervousness, right? Just a little bit. Yes. That's right. That's exactly right. Yes, it's exactly right. This is through inspection. Like the heart. Isn't that amazing? We don't really have a good comparison, do we? Thank you. And the emotional tone is exceeding joy. So all those things that we would love to keep, like nobody does that. <laughs> he has kept us. So whose joy? I certainly would think it'd be our joy, right? We know the angels in heaven rejoice over a sinner who repents. So maybe the angels are kicking in too. They see the culmination of all these things that they've been watching for a very long time. And maybe God's joy too. He's certainly not going to be sad at this moment. Oh my, I'm so disappointed that I have kept all these people. That's not consistent at all with the rejoicing in Revelation. This is exceedingly joyous. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There will be no, I don't remember you at that moment. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior, our Deliverer, 
who alone is wise. Because who architected, who orchestrated, who planned, who designed, who executed, who kept, who preserved, who loved, who engaged, who redeemed, who completed? That's him, right? It's beautiful. Yes, sir. amazing stuff, isn't it? This is one of the things I love about being a believer is that it gets better in the future. There are just very few things. I am literally wearing a t-shirt of the example of the opposite. There are very few things that get better in the future, right? MoviePass this week did not announce that they are lowering prices. <laughs> no. They announced ways to keep me from going to seeing movies. <laughs> it's, it's just the exact opposite. The benefits get better over time being a believer. To God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory, and there will be, and majesty. The, the word here is greatness. That's your next blank. I have a note in my version of the notes. It says, one thing I fear at the end of lessons is that listeners come to the conclusion that I am a great teacher. Uh, my goal is for you to come to the conclusion that Jesus is a great Savior. Uh, and if you walk out on any given Sunday and you go, man, that was just, oh, wow, Jim is da 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 Fail, fail, fail. If you walk out and you go, can you believe what Jesus did for us? That's a win right there. That's a win. That's the objective. So be glory. And majesty, this greatness, dominion, which is this vigor, this uh, powerful strength that is uh, ruling and reigning, and then power, exusa, this uh, capacity for uh, mastery and control and influence and authority, his jurisdiction and liberty. There will be uh, one day no more opposition to his rule because all that have opposed will be dealt with. So if you think about verse 25 in the context of what Jude has just taught us about these certain others who have come in and tried to influence, these other men uh, wanted the glory and the majesty and the dominion and the power. And Jude is saying, no, no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> they don't get that. He gets that. He has all of that. So don't separate Jude 24 and 25 from the earlier parts of the letter where he's setting up and he's actually beginning to make the contrast itself that is going to come to completion in verses 24 and 25. Because he's saying all these certain men who wanted this power, they wanted to be first place. They, they wanted to have the authority. They wanted to be in charge. They wanted to be in control. They wanted people to follow them. All that will be dealt with, and there will be left only one that has the glory and the majesty and the dominion and the power. And it's not just now, but it's, it's now and forevermore. So whatever the last of the lasts uh, is for you, uh, it's forever. It's 
It's always, it never stops. Um, one of the things that uh, I, I, we've been teaching on Wednesday nights, uh, a summer in the Psalms series. So uh, four different teachers, uh, we have each taken uh, a week or two and taught through one of the Psalms. And I got to teach Psalm 136 uh, on Wednesday, and it's this uh, repetitive song. It's a responsive psalm. And there's a, a part sung by the leadership, the priests and the Levites, and then there's a part sung by the people. And the part sung by the people is, for his mercy endures forever. And 26 times in 26 verses, that phrase shows up, for his mercy endures forever. And you get by the end of the psalm, if you've ever read it in a group, this resounding, steady drumbeat of the constancy and the sureness of the fact that his mercy will endure forever. And there will be nothing that will stop it. And, and the psalmist actually walks through uh, the creation story. He walks through the Old Testament history of Israel. And then he kind of parks himself in the present. And, and the, the refrain all along is his mercy endures forever, which is always forward-looking. So he's gone back, he's looked at the history, he's looked at the history of Israel, he's parked you in the present, but the whole time we're looking forward. And the reality is there's nothing that can deter God from ruling in the future. His mercy endures forever, which is something that we can bank on, something that we can praise him for, because he's not going to change his mind. So those of you that are parents, have you ever uh, made a parenting decision and then realized, oh no, that was stupid. <laughs> I have to walk that one back because <laughs> that, is, that is resulting in the wrong behavior. <laughs> and, uh, and or my children have found a way to manipulate the rule here uh, and we have to modify. Right? Um, God doesn't do that. He's not going to get halfway through eternity, whatever that means, and say, I've changed my mind. I'm going back. We're going to start all over. We're going to do this again. No, I mean, he's now and forever. He will have the glory and the majesty and the dominion and the power, and it will be good. I would argue that it will be very good. And then he ends with what word? Amen. That's right. And your blank there is firm. And this means something that is sure, something that is solid, something that is uh, trustworthy. And I will encourage us once again to be careful with our amens and what we say amen to, because we are saying that is sure, that is trustworthy, that is firm. All right, so what's the point? Uh, number one, our prayers don't always have to be about us. We are allowed just to get lost in praise. That's okay. Um, so what do we do with that? Well, I would say that we should praise him for his faithfulness. Because his faithfulness is about him, not about us. Uh, application number two, God is able to be faithful. And I, I honestly don't think about the, the ability that he has to pull off the nature that he owns very often. But if you don't have the ability, you can actually do something. And he, he is able to do these things, which is good for us. He is able to be faithful to us, to his responsibilities, to all the things that he has said he's going to be faithful to. And you may see a pattern here on the personalizations. Um, so you, you praise him for his faithfulness because he is capable of faithfulness. And the only faithfulness that we have 
that we can experience or demonstrate is the faithfulness that he has given us as an example and the faith that he's implanted in us. So application number three, uh, God will be faithful. Some of you are like, Jim, this isn't that complicated. Correct. (laughs) Uh, So what should we do? Praise him for his faithfulness because he has promised to be faithful. And then what do you think application number four is? Forever. Forever. Yes. God will be faithful forever. So praise him for his faithfulness. Because he is never going to turn away from his faithfulness. Ever. And you can take that to the bank. And it is good. So uh, that is our series in Jude. Now, if you will grab your weekly update... There's one at each table. So you see today in the upcoming events, and these are always tentative, right? Because, well, for one, I'm not in charge of the calendar. So, so there's that. If I've learned anything this, this summer, it's, I'm not in charge of the calendar. Uh, next week, uh, we're going to take a slight detour before we start with Second Peter. Uh, I'm going to teach a lesson on Psalm, Lord was willing, uh, on Psalm 79. I actually taught this lesson uh, two Wednesday nights ago. Uh, as part of our Summer in the Psalms series, because I'm not yet ready to start Second Peter. I needed a few more days before we're ready to start. So, so this is going to be my, my fun lesson. Now, I'm going to set this up in a way that some of you are going to go, why would you say that? But that's okay. Uh, how many of you read the Bible on your phones? You may read the Bible, or you have an app that helps you read the Bible? Uh, how many of you use version? Most of you probably use version. Yep. Do you know that Uversion tracks you when you read the Bible? They keep stats on how long you stay on certain pages. They keep stats on what you look up and what you don't look up. Uh, and if you had to guess what the most popular psalm, uh, between Psalm 1 and 150, what the most popular psalm in the Bible is, what number would you guess? 23, yes, that's exactly right. Uh, they also keep stats on what the least popular are. And the least read, least popular psalm in the Bible is Psalm 79. So I taught a lesson on this a couple couple Wednesday nights ago to demonstrate that even though something is unpopular doesn't mean it is not very, very good. So don't miss next week. Invite your friends. This is the Back to Church Sunday. So we'll set out extra tables and it will be okay. And we will be crowded and it will be okay. And now... It's time to do our prayer requests. Now, uh, some of you, uh, most of you are part of the uh, Facebook group, and you have uh, been aware that Darla Skinner's mom died this last week. So she and Doug uh, are not back yet, uh, or if they are, they're not here. And uh, so as you go through and pray over the requests uh, today, just keep uh, her and her family in your prayers. That would be much appreciated. I, I guarantee you, that there are very few people in this room that pray for you more than Darla does. And this would be a time where we can uh, tell her how much we love her in this moment. So let's do that. And after you have prayed as a table, you are dismissed to go into the sanctuary and to act like Jude 24 and 25 are true. So there's that. Thanks for coming today, guys. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and to our weekly email. You can do both at OurSundaySchool.com.